Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to... ...called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, you know how we say it, we live, we love, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord. And, and we're about to go into this scripture, but I got to recognize someone very special to me today. It's her first time in church. My granddaughter is here today. Lord, have mercy. Malia Alani Walren. Some of y'all like, what? Yes. My grandbaby, Lord, have mercy. She already got me. Got me completely wrapped. Man. All right. This morning we went from Luke 24, verses 13 through 32. And we're going to go this afternoon, Luke 24 again, verses 1 through 12 in the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture, Luke 24, 1 through 12. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll put it on the screen for you. Luke 24, 1 through 12, and it reads like this. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that had been prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you seek? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with, whom, with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. Amen. Before we pray, let me tell my tech team. Yes, I did the NRSV. I'll read the message next. I told them a completely different, but we're going to do the message next. Come on, let's pray, beloved. God, we thank you and we honor you on this day. We are grateful, oh God, on this getting up morning. This great day, we thank you, O oh God, for how even now you continue to remind us of your presence, your peace, your power, your provision. God, have your way in this place today. 
Some of us, oh God, came here this morning in anticipation of a much needed word. Some came here today, oh God, even by invitation, but they're in the right place at the right time in the right season for a breakthrough, oh God. So God, do what you can do best and that's be God all by yourself. We will honor, no, we will continue to honor you because God, you are worthy. You alone are worthy. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen. Amen. Remain standing again. Let me read that in the Message Bible this time. I like how this reads. At the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices that they had prepared. They found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb, so they walked in. But once inside, they couldn't find the body of Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere, it seemed two men, light cascading over them, stood there. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? He is not here, but raised up. Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners, be killed on the cross, and in three days rise up? Then they remembered Jesus' words. They left the tomb and broke the news of all this to the eleven and the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of Jesus, and the other women with them kept telling these things to the apostles, but the apostles didn't believe a word of it. They thought they were making it all up. But Peter jumped to his feet and ran to the tomb. He stooped to look in and saw a few grave clothes. That's all. He walked away puzzled, shaking his head. Amen. Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and tell a neighbor, keep them confused. Come on, turn to the other neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. Keep them confused. Notice I didn't say keep them. Keep them. <laughs> Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Keep them confused. This sermon today may not be for everybody. It's not necessarily for the haters. It's for the hated. It's not for the talkers. It's for those who've been talked about. So this is for those who know what it is to have people who misunderstand you, don't see you, but after a while wish they knew you. Keep them confused. Keep them confused. As far as they knew, their teacher, the rabbi, the carpenter, was dead. The scripture says that the women came the next day. On that Sunday, that early Sunday morning, they came to really treat the body right, to anoint the body with spices and oil so that it could help preserve the body of the person who had been departed, in this case, Jesus. They came there to do what they thought was the right thing to do because, after all, he was their teacher, he was their friend, he was their mentor, he was their leader, and now their leader was gone. 
sold out by those who could not handle the enormity of his presence, undermined by those who had a hard time with the fact that he was a manifestation of God's next new move. He was gone. And they came with an intent to make sure that his body would be preserved, taken care of, treated right. When they got there, to their surprise, Scripture says that they saw the stone that was covering the tomb rolled away. I cannot begin to imagine what they must have thought when they got to that tomb and saw it rolled away. In their minds, maybe someone was doing something cruel, some taunting deed. And they get there, and they look in, and there is no Jesus. He was gone. They didn't yet adopt the language of risen because in their minds, still, no matter what was said, they had a hard time processing it. I mean, if you've never really seen this, although Jesus in one of the Gospels is known to have raised more than one person from the dead, in their minds, their teacher was gone. The movement was over. It was a beautiful thing while it lasted. It galvanized the hearts of the rejected, the ostracized, the marginalized, the overlooked, and the undercounted. But he was gone. When they get there, two men in dazzling white array with light cascading over them shocked them into a new reality. And look at the language used by the angels in the King James Version. Why seek ye the living among the dead? It had to be baffling to them. Why seek the living among the dead? Or the Message Bible put it, why seek those who are alive in the cemetery? You see, the expectation is that if you go to the cemetery, you go there to be with the dead. Not those who are alive. Only the dead are at the cemetery. But the angels told them something. That Jesus's, you'll like this, status had changed. And he was no longer numbered among the dead. But he was now numbered among the living. He was no longer dead. He was alive. And unbeknownst to them, his status had changed from deceased to alive. Oh, you might get this in a second. In the worst possible moment for Jesus, he had a change of status. Oh, man, I hope this helps somebody this morning. You see, what I've learned in this journey is that there are times unbeknownst to people and for reasons we will never know. Reasons that are connected to God's grace, love, mercy, and joy. Well, God will change your status. Well, I hope I helped somebody here this morning. I, I mean, before you can even recognize it, that things will shift in your life and people will not understand the nature of the shift and the changing of the categories of your life the circumstances of your situation, your status will change. And that's not the issue. The issue is when they come with the expectation that you're in the last place they left you. I hope you got this, beloved. I'll say it again. 
Status changes can happen in the worst possible moment. When you least expect it, God can turn things right side up in your life. And here's the good news. I love the fact that there will always be people who will hold you captive to your prior status. <laughs> they, they, they know you one way, but they missed the midnight move of God that shifted you into a new plane of reality, and they could not understand it. They didn't understand why you were playing dead. Oh, they missed that. They didn't understand why you were quiet. They didn't understand why you had nothing to say. And if they would have understood, they would have known that the reason why you were quiet is because you are waiting on your status change. Oh, I like this part. That that's when you got to let folk know that God is up to something in my life and I don't quite know what it is, but I know after this moment, things will never be the same again. And this we gotta let the, I told you, this is for the hated. We gotta let the folk who can't stand you know, keep watching me. Because in the twinkling of an eye, everything you thought you knew about me is about to shift. Tell them somebody, God is about to change my status. You don't understand. I look broken right now, but I'm about to be whole. I look a little crazy right now, but I'm about to get my mind right. God is about to change my status. And so if you're looking for some dead stuff, don't come around me. If you're trying to hang out in cemeteries, don't come on my block. This is a living place, and I'm in a living space, and I am alive. He's changing my status. And here's the thing, beloved. Don't waste time trying to prove to people that your status has changed. You don't have to tell a soul that you knew. What they'll be able to garner if they pay attention is that something about you has intentionally and categorically shifted. You waste energy telling folk you different. In fact, if you really change, you ain't got to say nothing in the first place. Because everywhere you walk in, something changes. Hold on. Change people, change spaces. You missed that. That when you know you've been changed, everywhere you go, everyone is a beneficiary of your new status. Why? Because I got a status change. And everybody in the circumference of my life will experience my transformation. Come on, tell somebody and tell them my status has changed. Yeah, and if you come looking for me in those old places, you won't find me. If you come looking for me in those old spaces, you won't find me. If you're trying to connect me to who I used to be, you'll be lost because I've moved, I've transcended, I've elevated, I've gone beyond, I've grown, I've matured. But more than that, God is standing up in me strong in ways that you can't even imagine. My status has changed. That's what the angels told the women. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? They were confused. And then what, look, what, what the angels tell He said, don't you remember what he said? Didn't he tell you 
before he left about his future? Did he tell you that this must happen? That he would be handed over? That he would be crucified? But he also said he would be risen. Oh, you didn't believe what he said about himself, himself. Okay, that didn't connect. Let me try this. So maybe the power of resurrection and resurrection possibilities is not just connected to the change in status, but the change in your language about you. Oh, hold on. When they doubted and were confused, they reminded the women of what Jesus said about himself. Okay, let me, let me come closer now. So that means a lot of your transformation is connected to the conjoining of two realities. Divine power connected to your perception of yourself. Oh, I hope you get this. See, the problem is we only want part one, but not the responsibility of part two. We want God to change us, but our language don't change about ourselves. You see, what I'm suggesting is not about divine power. It's about your linguistic sensibilities to understand that you must be able to catch up with your transformation by the words that come out of your mouth. One. Two, those words that come out of your mouth don't have to wait for the transformation to come. Wait. Jesus spoke about what he would do, what he would become, where he would go. And here you are still talking about where you used to be, what you used to do. What I'm suggesting that you better start changing the way you speak about yourself when folks try to understand what's happening in your life. Can I put it to you this way? I want my language, Rashi, to catch up with God's analysis. Oh, no, no, okay, okay. I want my language to catch up with God's move. Okay, okay, okay. I want my language to be as powerful as God's actions. Oh, gosh. I, I, I wish I had just, see, y'all looking at me funny this morning, but, but let me say this. I'm talking to some folk, and this may be hard, because you have actually languaged yourself with borrowed words. You have adapted the vernacular and the language of people who view you as a problem in the first place. Oh, 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 oh. I don't care what you say about me. It becomes problematic when I adopt your language about me. And some of us ain't suffering because inherently there's something wrong. The problem is you've given your ears to the wrong people and what you've heard have translated into what you say about yourself. I expect you to be jealous because I know who I am. I expect you to be confused because I have clarity of my identity because I will not let your negative naysaying words infiltrate or intrude upon my positive self-perception that is followed up by my positive action that is connected to my positive language so that when I speak about it, I'm going to be about it at the same time. I hope you get this. Look at your name and tell neighbor, what you saying about yourself? 
How do you talk about yourself? What words do you use to describe you? Listen, listen, listen. I was on my 40. And one day, I'm driving in the car. I was in California. Popped on the radio. And then a song came on. It's not a new song. But sometimes old songs hit you in a new way. I was sitting there driving. And I had a little moment. And it's okay to have those moments where you don't feel too good about you. And and when things, you know, feel like it's piling up on you. And it's natural. Don't think because you, you, you believe in God and you love the Lord that you won't have those moments. That's going to come. You just can't stay there. But, but watch this. I know somebody's going to resonate. But then I hear this song. And then before I tell you the song, it, the, 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 the person who was setting the song up said, well, this song is for the ladies. I was like, uh-oh. And then Mary J. Blige came on. Good morning, gorgeous. I started listening to these words. I said, these words ain't just for no ladies. This for everybody who has sabotaged their own well-being by mistreating themselves because other people mistreated you. You don't have to match other people's mistreatment. And the way you counter the mistreatment of others is by creating new language that speaks to who you are. She said, I don't need no makeup. I get up every morning and say what? Oh, you got it. And I said to myself, Hold on. Ain't nothing wrong with that word because I feel good about it. Here I was in the car in California driving the house on some good morning, gorgeous. Looked in the mirror. Good morning, gorgeous. Now, now somebody said, well, gorgeous, yes. Because I have been fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And I said, good morning. So, so here's the key. How you speak about yourself is important because it declares a future. You live in the moment, but live also with the understanding that where you are right now, as long as God gives you life and strength, will not be the final destination. I am perpetually on my way to being my better self. I know this is worn out. You heard it before, but I got to say it now. I am not competing with nobody in this building. The only one I'm competing with is who I was on yesterday. Now, I want to be the best version of myself every single day. And the only one I'm trying to outdo is who I was the day before. I ain't thinking about what you did. You know why? Because if I'm jealous of you, that means I doubt God for me. No. Okay, okay, I got to get out of here. All right. So, so, no matter what they said, no matter what they said, No matter what the angel said, they still didn't believe. They still, boy, don't do that. I love you too, brother. Good morning, gorgeous. (laughs) 
Let, let, let me say something to you. Let me pause for a second. You know what? It took a long time to cut through my trauma to receive that right there. You don't even understand. I had to cut through all the stuff I've been through, all the pain, to start saying, when folks start speaking positive, I'll be like this now. Keep it coming, keep it coming. Why? Because there was a time I couldn't handle it because I couldn't see myself. Thank you. And here's the thing. You, and I got to get out of here, but you can't be held captive again by trying to prove yourself. They did not believe what the angel said. They thought that what they said was an idle tale. They couldn't believe that he actually did what he said he would do. They were still in shock when what was a dream became real. They couldn't understand when what was declared came to fruition. There's some, pause, there's some people I know who like just speaking about possibility but not really embracing it or living in it or walking in it, right? And here's where I want to end. And this is what I love. The angels said their thing. The women ran to the disciples with the word. They told the disciples there were angels at the tomb. Jesus wasn't there. And they didn't believe. But Peter said, wait a minute. He ran to the tomb and said, he looked in and all he saw were grave clothes. And then it said he left and went home, puzzled, confused at what he had seen. You don't see that. He looked in and saw grave clothes. I like that language, Alicia, because it didn't say he saw an empty tomb. He saw the remnants of a prior status. You, you, you see, I had to look at this thing. Grave clothes weren't like an outfit. It was linen wrapped around the body with the spices and the oils because the thought was when you tightly wrap the body with the spices and the oils, then it would slow down decomposition. You didn't catch that piece. When you tightly wrap the body, it's the precedence for mummification. You tightly wrap in cloth to preserve the body from decomposing. Those were grave clothes. Because why would you worry about restricting dead things? Y'all didn't catch that. Tightly wrap. You won't be worried about the restriction to a dead body because a dead body is not moving. God, it still ain't got this yet. But when Peter looked into the tomb, he saw the wrappings were no longer present. I wonder if Peter, or rather what would have happened if he went in and it was really empty. Because we love saying the tomb was empty. No, the tomb wasn't empty. There were the grave clothes. 
Those clothes were the signs and symbols of his prior status. His garments changed because his status changed. Why would you worry about a decomposing living body? So in order to move from one status to the other, there had to be a changing of the garment. You'll get this. He had to shed what was on him. He had to shake off what he had on. Because if he would have walked out of the tomb with those clothes on, it would have been confusing. But he left the dead stuff behind and then walked into a new season. And you didn't catch this. That his grave clothes couldn't make it on his next life. You missed that. That what he had on couldn't be with him where he was going. Okay, that didn't work. Let me try this. Let me try this. Some of y'all in here today want new status with old garments. Oh, God. You, 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 you want to be new, but you don't want to shake loose of the things that symbolize death all around you. You want to be in a new life, in a new day, in a new season, but you want to carry the same old, worn-out, tattered garments that are a symbol of where you were and who you used to be. But it comes a time when you got to shake free of the things that have been restricting you in your life and begin to walk into your new day. I'm done. But here's what I want to give you. Peter walked away confused. Because he expected to see a dead body with the dead clothes. You missed that. Here's what I need you to understand. If you know who God is in your life, and you know what God has been doing in your life, you can't be caught up in how other people perceive you. You want them to be like Peter when he looked in. It said he left confused. I thought he was dead. No. I thought she was over. No. I thought that they would never amount to anything. Wrong. I thought that they would be the same person I knew from back then. You got it wrong. That you got to be able to confuse some folk who know your past but are not cognizant of your present and have no clue about your future. You want people to be just as confused when they see you right now. Now, see, there's some of y'all in here right now who shouting and you raising, you testifying, but you weren't always like that. And there are people who know the new you now, and when they know the new you compared to the old you, they are utterly confused because you are living in a reality that they are not familiar with. So here's my advice to you. Keep them confused. You just keep on living in the newness of life. You keep on moving in what God has called you to do. And your assignment is for the people who are busy trying to connect you to a past that you've been delivered from. Keep them confused. In fact, look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, that's your assignment for life. Keep people confused who think they know you, but they don't know your divine connection. Keep people confused who think because they heard about your story, they know your possibility. Keep people confused because there will come a day where they will begin to see that God has done a new thing in your life. And your responsibility, again, is not to remind them of the change. They should be busy seeing you celebrate the transformation, but not explaining how you got here. God has been good to you.
And if you're in here this morning and you know that God has changed your status, you ought to be ready to give God the greatest praise you got in this season because God has shifted you. Better yet, can I really mess you up? Confuse them with your shouts. Confuse them with your praise. Confuse them with your language. I wish I had a handful of y'all in here today who could testify that God has changed my status. Look at your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, God has changed my status. I used to be down, but he picked me up, turned me around. Is there anybody here who can testify? I got a new status. I used to be broken, but now I'm whole. I used to be battered. But now I'm healed. God has changed your status. Look at your neighbor one more time and tell them, neighbor, it's Resurrection Sunday. I know you knew that. But if you're here on Resurrection Sunday, that means that you ought to celebrate the new possibilities in your life. Because God has been doing great things in your life and is there anybody here who can bless god for the great things god has done look at your neighbor and tell him neighbor on this day i will bless the lord on this day i will make a joyful noise on this day i will lift up holy hands is there anybody here who can give God a brand new praise, a status changing praise? He's shifted your life. He's turned some things upside down. And I got to give him praise. Keep them confused. Keep your enemies confused. Let them live in last year's narrative. Tell them you're in this now moment. Let them be in where you used to be. But you are now living. And when they come looking for the old you, here's what you tell them. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Let the dead bury the dead. But I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Can we get churchy? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise because God is great and greatly to be praised. And is there anybody here who can give God a brand new praise for a brand new season on a brand new day? I will bless the Lord. At all times. Listen, stand on your feet if you're not standing. We getting out of here, y'all. Keep them confused. Let them think they know you. Before they know it, they will have missed you. You keep walking and what God is doing in your life. Don't be ashamed of it. And most of all, don't be ashamed of your old story. Keep telling it. Keep sharing it.
You just know that you're not that person anymore. You know where God has brought you. You know how God has delivered you. You know the season you are in right now. Is it all the way where you hope to be? No, but I am on the road. I'm on a journey. I know it's a little challenging at times. And can I tell you, you will have those dead days. Trust me when I tell you. But God is moving in your life. Don't stay with that cemetery mentality. Here you are, breathing. God is moving, but you're still playing dead. God is doing some things. And, and it's not for you to figure out the time or even to tell God, well, God, hurry up. I don't like the season I'm in. Because sometimes the season you're in is the season you win. You miss that. This may be your winning season, although it's a difficult one. Because whether you know it, the signs of your transformation abound. They try to pull you back to that place you used to be. You tell them, no, I can't go there. That's last year's outfit. It's a new day. It's a new time. And so here's what I want you to do. I did this last service. As we pray, a few things. I want you to hold in your spirit and in your heart and in your thoughts somebody who may not be here with you who you know needed to hear this message today. Just hold them in your spirit. Hold them in your thoughts. Somebody you know who needed to know is no longer necessary to play dead. You are alive. You beat the odds. You defied the data. You're here. You are to celebrate that today. So I want you to hold them in your spirit. Hold me your thoughts as we pray. All right? God, we thank you today. We honor you for this moment. We thank you, God, for how you're moving even right now. In the midst of all that we're experiencing and all that we're feeling and all that we're seeing around us, we still believe in resurrection, hope, and possibility. God, we lift up this community. Strange times we're in, oh God. When the violence abounds, so many people are senselessly losing their lives. God, we still believe in resurrection possibilities. We've seen this community turn around before. We'll see it again. Some of us have been here through the rougher days. And we saw what was done. So God, we trust and believe. But while we're trusting, believing, we're going to do our part to participate in the transformation. So we lift this community before you, oh God. God, we lift our young people before you. We will not sit back like so many and browbeat them and badger them and talk about how they're different. No, we bear responsibility, oh God. We lift them before you, but while we lift them before you, we will lift them as well. We will participate in your new and next move in their lives. So God, in the word, we're grateful today. We're grateful for new life, new opportunity. We're grateful for this new season. 
And God, with all these children who are here, we thank you. Because these children, these babies remind us that you still trust us, even in the midst of the insanity. You still trust us. But God, thank you for the message today, for our hearts. We will keep those who don't believe in what you can do in and with us confused. We'll keep them confused. Because they'll keep going to the places where we no longer inhabit. And all they have was a remnants of where we used to be, our grave clothes. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.